0: This is Jimmy Murray here with Frank Petalano, and we are the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, mindset, and investing with an emphasis on cash-flowing real estate.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Cashflow Kings podcast, episode four, Going Full-Time with Craig Picard. My name is Frank Pedalano, and I'm here with Jimmy Murray, and we're here to help you crush it
0: and make money. Hey, guys. So on podcast four here we wanted to bring in someone who has some really great experience to share with you and we recognize that a lot of folks listening to the podcast could be having that daydream of how they become full-time in real estate one day so our guest today is Craig Picard um, and we'll let him jump in give a little bit about his background but Craig has accomplished becoming a corporate dropout so we figured that he'd be a great partner to bring into the podcast welcome Craig thank you guys really appreciate appreciate you having me uh
2: so yeah I
0: definitely uh
2: corporate dropout that was uh january 2005 so january and you remember it and five uh, and you I remember it like never... yesterday right uh, absolutely i I, <laughs> I absolutely do uh the beautiful thing is i haven't had to do any commuting or handle any corporate baloney or corporate politics and in, and in, uh, in a long time so very excited uh and i'll never forget the day of I'm walking in to give my resignation notice, being able to fire my boss and, and be able to move on and uh, doing what I really love to do and making myself rich
0: instead of uh, making others so rich. Definitely. So 2005, I mean, did you know the stage of the market at the time? Or did you have an idea when, when you ended up making the jump?
2: So I uh, really, uh, really didn't. Uh, all I knew is that I really had some great success. I started uh, in about 2001. And, um, you know, the, the market was definitely climbing. And by 2005, I had uh, actually made transitions into multiple uh, real estate markets. So, you know, even though you reference, oh, did you know where the market was? Well, the fact was that, yeah, in, in, in the market I was investing in at the time uh, in Providence, uh, yeah, things were, were on, a, on a upward trend where uh, multifamily properties were selling for exorbitant prices. And you know these prices just didn't allow properties really to cash flow, and then, uh, but during that time, that's when I was transitioning uh, to other markets in the country that actually were receiving jobs and were not about to get crushed by the uh, by the you know the, the economy that was about to fall apart uh, nationally. But really, there was plenty of local economies in other states that were going to do really well. So that's where I uh, was focused at the time, and good thing because it was. Uh, it was a tough time between uh, probably 2007 and 2009 to uh, to be uh, you know an investor trying to acquire you know cash flow producing property at least here in Rhode Island.
1: Nice, nice, uh, Craig. How long were you in uh, corporate
2: America? So, uh, so, I was in corporate America from 1995 to uh, to 2005. So, so it didn't uh, happen uh, overnight, right? No, 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 it didn't happen overnight, and, and I can tell you probably for the first. Uh, So what do we just calculate there, Uh, you know, 10 years. And, you know, during those 10 years, I I can say, you know, probably a couple years into corporate America, I was already thinking of, well, how could I, how could I get out of this rat race? You know, how could I get involved in, um, in real estate? You know, as I read books and as I educated myself, I, I recognized that, you know, real estate was one of those, those opportunities. And I just dreamed, I remember, you know, sitting with my wife on a beach, uh, you know, on a vacation and just thinking, okay, hey, here, we're going to change our mindset. We have to you know, do all these things differently in order to have the success. But I talked about real estate for probably a good, I don't know, five or six years before I ever did anything about it. So all I did was read and dream about it you know, while I continued in the rat race. And Craig, then it,
1: yeah, what, it caused, what caused you to become interested in real estate?
2: Uh, so I can tell you that my, uh, you know, the most successful people that I knew you know, growing up and the most successful people in my life around the time that I did get started uh, or started to dream about it, um, they were all, you know, property owners, whether they owned, you know, multifamily property, whether they owned a business and operated uh, that business on property that they owned. Uh, somehow they were involved in real estate and I viewed them as really successful. So, I, you know, in my mind, you know, and some of them had college degrees, some of them didn't have college degrees. Uh some of them were just really hard workers in a trade. Some of them had um you know uh really good careers. Uh so they're all different people, but they all have one thing in common, and that was that, you know, real they, they were real estate owners. And so I felt if I wanted
0: to be successful, then I I needed to own real estate too. I like that. I'm actually gonna go back to a point that you made because I think this is where people get hung up. I mean, even in our local real, a lot of I'll say young folks come out and they think that this is a one or two year trajectory of how to get out of corporate America and invested in real estate full time. And it's really, it takes longer than that. Um, even if you are really aggressive and you take action. Um, and I think that that's a common misconception of folks coming out. They think that, you know, they're going to be able to buy up a bunch of real estate in one year and, and make the jump, but that's, that's not the case.
2: Yeah. I can tell you, I'm probably someone that's really grounded in reality. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the dream. I've got a dream board. I have goals. Um, but I'm also a realist, and uh, I can tell you that yeah, it's a mistake a lot of people make when they first get going. They really have these big, big dreams that they think they can accomplish, you know, in a short period of time. And, and the fact is, you know, cash flow real estate it is not get rich quick. It's just get rich. Uh, so if if you think you can uh, flip properties, yeah, you could flip properties, and you could probably do pretty well. Maybe re- even replace your income. But the problem is flipping properties is not investing. So investing is doing something once and getting paid over and over again. And flipping properties is a job. So it's just not corporate yeah. America. It's just another Absolutely. job. So yeah. you, you really want to make sure these young people they get started, or even even people, you know, middle aged, they they really get into real estate thinking they're gonna change things immediately. And you know, the the one piece of advice that someone gave me when I first started, and I've give everybody listening here, is that you know, Yeah, it's great to dream big, um, but uh, also have that that must-do goal where you say, I'm going to buy one cash flow-producing property every year, even if you say, I'm going to do that for the next 15 years, and then right. I'm going to sell one cash flow-producing property for the, for the next 15 years. So you could have a 30-year plan right there, and I think you'd set yourself up pretty well if you were able to just buy one property, even if it's just one three-unit property per year for 15 years. Uh, I think for most people, they'd be pretty, pretty excited, especially as uh, you invest in the right time when markets are, are moving. Uh, I think you'd be pretty happy with what you've uh,
0: accomplished. Absolutely. So, so Frank, see. I, I was going to say, Frank, I mean, I remember one of the first times I met you, you would always talk about how real estate is the best get rich slow scheme. <laughs> and uh, I think that that piggybacks on Craig's comment, right? So it takes time. But if you're willing to put in the work and build out the goals, you can at, certainly get there.
1: Absolutely. My goal is just uh, pick up a couple properties every year and just keep going with it. Now, the main thing I remember to do is sell a few of these too.
0: Yeah. 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 And Craig, maybe maybe that's a good good story that you can share with the listeners here because I, I remember back that the first three unit that you bought, you sold back pretty quickly. Maybe not yeah, sold so- back, but... So
2: I I started during a time where, you know, I I really didn't know anything about real estate and uh, I was able to convince one of my friends at the time to invest with me and we're going to invest in something. We ended up choosing real estate after going through a few other business ideas Uh, and then we bought a three unit and what happened, you know, and then bought several actually bought several more three unit properties, actually one four unit and uh, three or four uh, more three units and then the market started to change and and I didn't know anything about real estate markets or anything, but the market started to change. And a seasoned investor who had been through the market cycle twice before, uh, come to us and said, you know, you should probably sell all those properties that you just bought. And uh, you know, I looked at him and said, you're crazy. You know, why would I want to sell? I only have to buy two more and I'll never have to work again. I will have replaced my income. I mean, I I reached my goal. This is, this is great. I'd just be a landlord for the rest of my life. Right. And the guy said, uh, well, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. You know, there's going to be market cycles. And when the market turns, cash will be king. And yep. uh, right now, put yourself in a strong cash position because when the market turns, you're really going to need that cash to really clean up. And so I did exactly that. You know, so I, I bought my first uh, three-unit property for $100,000. Uh, I was in Winsocket, Rhode Island. And I sold it one year and one day later for $225,000. Congratulations. And that's yeah, that's, that's awesome. incredible. Yeah, yeah, made, made an awesome profit, you know, purely based on the market. I mean, I did almost nothing to the property. Um, you know, I, I did raise some rents and I did get some new tenants in there, but I did very little. Uh, and, and in fact, I probably could have sold it at, you know, after only owning it for about uh, six months. Uh, but I wanted to wait the full year because uh, my CPA advised me that uh, I would get some better tax treatment <laughs> if I was, uh, you know, over one year uh, of owning it. So, uh, you know, it, it really worked out. So I you know, proceeded to sell the rest of the properties, uh, put myself in that strong cash position. The problem was at that point, you know, you couldn't. It was really hard to buy cash flow producing multifamily properties uh, in my market at the time uh, because the prices had risen so fast, the rents hadn't caught up yet, and uh, so it, it, it was it was challenging uh, at that point to uh, not impossible, but just a little more challenging to purchase properties because uh, you know the, the
0: values went up so quickly. Absolutely. So, so circling back to your transition to becoming a full-time real estate investor, uh, can you talk about how that transition went? What made you comfortable with making the transition, and um, what was what was day one like working for yourself?
2: Yeah. So, you know, that transition and what made me comfortable to do it, and you know, I walked away from you know six-figure salary, walked away from stock options, uh, walked away from company car. I mean, when I quit my job, I didn't have a car. Uh, (laughs) I I didn't even think about that that far forward. That the day that I could, I had to have somebody come pick me up and bring me home because I had no way to get home.
1: Uh, I needed my company <laughs> uh-huh. guard
2: there. And the fact is that uh, you know I-, I felt comfortable in doing it because to that point, um, I had uh, acquired several multifamily properties. Uh, I had also um, uh, had begun flipping properties and I used flipping properties as uh, a chunker method uh, to get chunks of cash. So I wanna get those chunks of cash and then use those chunks to uh, put as down payment on cash flow producing uh, real estate, I so I, I felt like it was comfortable enough because I had done enough of those. Uh, which, by the way, you can you can execute that strategy in any part of the the market. Um, but the, the important part was I, I felt like you know I I was able was going to be able to do this easily enough um, that I had some I'd replaced some of my income through the the cash flow and I and I had uh, some uh, some of the other income being replaced by some of the um, you know properties that I was flipping so. I felt pretty comfortable in, in being able to do that after about, you know, it's probably about like a, a year into, uh, no, it's probably two two or three years into doing this and, um, and about a, a real strong year of uh, being able to, to grab those chunks of cash uh, and invested in uh, multifamily real estate that I decided that, you know what, uh, I'm tired of just uh, making other people rich. I, I can do this myself.
1: Right. So you left there and uh, three months after you're uh, done working for Corporate America, how were you feeling?
2: Uh, I was feeling like I made a huge mistake. <laughs> I was—I—I—I I, I left my my corporate job with some legacy, like some cash flow, uh, with one you know property that I was going to flip in the pipeline. Uh, I didn't buy another property. It didn't make a single cent uh, for another six months. So it was in in May of that year. That I bought a property uh, two unit that I, I turned into a great deal where I was able to um, you know clean it up um, couple it with another lot that was next door and be able to sell it to another investor and, and really make up for any lost time that I had during that uh, uh, during those first six months and it seemed like after that my marketing just really continued to take off but before that it just it wasn't producing you know what I thought it would uh, but the most important thing is I just kept I put in, implemented a new marketing method every month. I put a system around it. Uh, that way I could repeat it every month. So by like month five, I had like five different you know strong new methods out there. They just weren't producing That All of a sudden, it was like a tidal wave. They all produced at the same time. And that was when I knew I was going to be okay. I wasn't going to have to go back to corporate America. And I was able to buy more uh, apartments. Uh, and I was able to find more properties to, uh, to flip to get those chunks of cash to
1: invest in the, the multifamily properties. Nice, nice. Yeah, it gets a little scary there, I'm sure, right, right after you quit that uh, job. And did you, your wife didn't, like, uh, start choking you or anything? No, no, she was supportive
2: at the beginning um, when I convinced her that I was I was going to leave my job to do this. And then, you know, but it probably was around, like, the three-month mark. It was probably around sometime in March that, that she said, you know, maybe you should think about <laughs> looking for another, another job. And uh, and I told that I said, oh, just just let, let's see if we can use a couple more months and you know, I, I'm sure something will, will pan out uh, and sure enough it was, you know, it was pretty much the, the middle to end of uh, May when that uh, when that call came in uh, I'll never, never forget the, you know doing that doing that deal that really sprung me free from uh, you know knowing that I could do it
1: well from a personal standpoint I'm glad you uh, did not give in so quickly and go back to work uh, <laughs> you've had a lot of uh, we've had a lot of good discussions over the years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So um when those deals start flowing, like what are you doing with the deals? Are you wholesaling them, buying them yourself? What what are you using for money? Like how are you how are you executing on those leads?
2: Yeah. So as the leads come in, you know, that there's it really comes down to uh, kind of a, a cherry picking situation. So, you know, I get properties that come in that you know don't really quite meet my criteria, minimum criteria. So for instance, let's say I have a, a three unit come in and it has uh uh, front to back parking, like single line parking. Uh, so I already know, you know, with experience now, and and even it didn't take me only a few properties to realize when I first started that, you know, that was going to be a little bit more challenging to rent those units because tenants are kind of annoyed that they need to, you know, coordinate with one another to move in and out of the driveway. So, you know, sometimes I'll take those properties and I might wholesale those. So I'll find another investor that, you know, doesn't mind that, or maybe they're going to live in one of the units, or maybe they have some other way to park or whatever. Um, you know, so whether it's that or some of the other scenario, maybe it's, you know, I'm not a huge fan of uh, one bedroom units. Uh, other people love them. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'd rather have uh, two and three beds because I know I can get more rent. And as the market uh, continues to climb, I'm going to be able to get more rental income out of those larger units. So I prefer those. So if something that's all one beds, it might cash flow OK, but it's not really what I want to hold on to long term. It's not going to be, you know, a legacy property for me. Um, So in those cases, I might wholesale those and then the ones that do meet my criteria I'm gonna find a way to buy those and sometimes they might be vacant or they might need full updates So I'll buy them with all cash Um, You know whether I use private investors or hard money loan I'll buy with all cash go in there fix it up rent it up And then I will uh, hold it for a certain period of time before I refinance it and then I'll refinance it You know in a lot of cases depending on how well I did buying it um, I will uh, get most of my money out of the deal and actually, I'll have a deal with uh, no money down, um, you know, fully financed uh, with, a, uh, with a mortgage, uh, which is great, you know, because now I can have, uh, you know, a huge, you know, cash on cash return because uh, I have very little money invested and in. I can take that same money and do it again on
0: another property. Great strategy. So when was, when do you think you reached the point that you're like, hey, got this, you know, not concerned about the deal flow and, you know, you really set off to the races running?
2: Yeah, i I say it was probably about, um, you know, probably about a year after I left my job. So, like I said, the first six months were really, really rocky. And I mean, I literally did not do a single deal. It wasn't a single lead that came in that I was able to buy the property, whether to wholesale it or rehab it or anything. And then after that, though, um, starting that May, you know, so about five months in, that's when things started to change. And I would say by the end of that year, I knew that I was going to be okay. I knew that. You know, I can transition this. I can be, uh, I can continue to be a full time real estate investor. I had enough income coming in that continued to substantially increase at that point where I felt uh, really comfortable. Like I had, you know, replaced any reserves that I burnt through when they in those first six months after I quit my job. You know, I was able to, you know, get back to things. I was able to pay for health care. <laughs> I was able to do all these things that, uh, that I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do uh, by the yeah. end of that first year. And I felt really confident at that point. There was no way it was going to turn back.
0: Yeah, really big wins, really big wins. So if you could give one piece of advice to someone who was focused on becoming a corporate dropout and you know, becoming their own boss by running some form of real estate company, what would it be?
2: I would tell them to get a mentor. That's probably the biggest reason why I've had success. And, and a mentor doesn't need to be you know, someone that is a paid mentor. Uh, it might just be someone that's in your local market that you shadow. Might be someone that uh, is willing to open up their business and show you what they did, or someone that you can bounce ideas off of. Uh, it can be as something as little, but probably even more important, as an accountability partner. I think the biggest problem, and the reason why I say mentor, is the biggest problem that most people getting started here have is that they are great at acquiring information on how to do this. They've got all the books, CDs, uh, you know, DVDs. They have everything that they need. But what they lack is execution. So I think execution is the biggest thing. So you really need an accountability partner to to do the things that you know you're supposed to do. And, and that's the sad part. I, I think there's a lot more people who would be a lot more successful in real estate if they had, you know, a mentor, if they had an accountability partner. Uh and that's what it took for me. Uh it, it took me to actually Uh, spend money, pay a mentor uh, to hold me accountable because, you know, after I had all the information and everything I needed, I still was unable to execute on the things that I knew that would make me successful, but I was unable to do it because I just had too many other things. I made the wrong decisions every day and filled up my time, made myself feel busy. uh, and, And I wasn't very productive, but after getting a mentor and the silly thing too, is I'm paying this person to hold me accountable yet, for the first uh, month, uh, I kind of, you know, lied or, or I would do everything I was supposed to do in a two-week period. I would do it in one morning, <laughs> you know, before the afternoon that we would meet. Um, got it. So after about, uh, after about a month, I, I figured, you know, I'm fooling myself here. Clearly, money's not the problem because I got plenty of money, so I can, I can throw away the money, but I, do I really want to change my life? And at that point, I really did. I really wanted to make sure it was secure. So I, uh, I did that and, and I started to listen to the mentor and I started to do the things I was supposed to do. And after a while, it became pretty easy. I was able to hold myself accountable because I knew this is what I want to do. And after you start seeing a little bit of results, it gives you a real good motivation. The problem yeah. is getting to that first point where you get some results. So Absolutely. You know, my, my advice would be have someone that can, that can drive you, whether it's a, an accountability partner, a mentor, someone that's, uh, that's, that's been through the minefield of real estate and uh, someone that can that can help you know, motivate you
0: to continue to move forward. Absolutely, and I think it's it, a big part of that account, accountability too is really just finding the rhythm, right? So that mentor or accountability partner is going to help you find the right rhythm for you to achieve the results that you're looking for. So I I think that is a phenomenal piece of advice for people looking to make the jump.
1: I agree too, and by the way, not just uh, real estate either. I mean. Jimmy, you and I, with this, we call each other every single day trying to make this uh, better.
0: Yeah, you got to stay focused on, on your goals every single day to try to get a little bit better because those small daily improvements are going to lead to massive long-term results.
1: So, Craig, what is the uh, main thing that you're investing on now? What's, what's your primary investing focus right now?
2: So, I can tell you, it really hasn't, uh, hasn't changed probably in the last, uh, the last 10 years Um, Primarily, what I do is um, I'm looking for cash flow producing uh, properties, uh, whether it be in the form of small multifamily properties, large multifamily properties, uh, commercial properties. uh, And uh, primarily to to find a way to fund that, I'm using the cash flow that I'm getting from my portfolio to fund those new purchases or the down payments in those new purchases. And uh, I still continue to flip properties uh, in order to get those chunks of cash to buy uh, cash flow producing revenues, so um, that's uh, that's a strategy that's worked very well for me, um, you know, over the past uh, ten years, and something I, I don't really ever see myself giving up anytime soon. And the only reason I continue to flip is because it, it provides me, um, you know, cash that I can use to to buy cash flow producing uh, properties, and that's that's really what my one of my first mentors told me to do, and uh, I've never really stopped doing it uh, since then. It uh, just
1: made complete sense to me. Well, it's probably pretty easy too because you've already created the systems, so everything's just like working, and things come up, right?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think that's the important part is uh, you know trying not to complicate it too much and, and making it making it easy. And and, and you know, the easiest thing, or, or I guess the most challenging thing for most people, but the easiest thing for me now is really just the marketing part. Uh, so if you get a good system around your marketing and that can produce the leads that you can then purchase uh, that are going to produce your cash flow. That's, you know, that, that's really the secret, you know, to the whole thing. The challenge is, you know, being able to be motivated and dedicated uh, to that system of marketing uh, to get there. And, and, and that, that's, that's probably the, the one big reason a lot of people give up is because, you know, they're, they're not doing the right uh, forms of marketing in order to find the deals that they're looking
1: for. So um, let's see. The last question we have for you before we wrap this up is, what book, if you could pick a book right now, or either two questions. One, if you're reading right now, what are you reading? And then more importantly, what do you recommend other people to be reading right now?
2: Yeah, so uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, right now, I'm, I'm uh, reading a book uh, called the, uh, the One Thing uh I, I can tell you that as an entrepreneur it, it's very easy to get um uh very, very easy to get distracted uh very easy to have your your list of things to do every day and feel accomplished when you check those things off uh but many times you really it was those are the things you didn't really need to focus on or didn't need to do and they kind of just occupied time and made you busy so um, I, I would recommend the one thing for anybody getting involved in, in business and wanting to have uh, you know higher productivity, which is what you need because you know, have a fixed asset of time every day. Everybody starts with the same amount of you know time available during the day, and it's how we use that time. So that, that's what I would recommend. But the other thing I would recommend is you know when I first got started, you know the only thing I knew about real estate is what I read in one particular book that was just real estate you know related and the the name of the author is Tyler Hicks. And the name of the book is how to make a million dollars in real estate in three years or less. And the cool thing about the book is that, you know, as I read it, I get about halfway through and it showed you that like, you know, you could do this in less than three years, but the author was giving you three years, just in case, you know, you, you had a death in the family, you had the, you know, your dog ran away or you, yeah yeah had the car breakdown or you, you named the problem you had it you, now he gave you you double the time to accomplish the goal and uh, and I thought that was that was really neat so that I kind of based you know my beginning investing on what he was asking me to do and that was really just buying that one one or two properties uh, to continue to build that that portfolio and that kind of got me on that on that rhythm of doing that so um, so finding a book in real estate you know you can certainly use that one Um, how to make a million dollars in real estate in three years or less by Tyler Hicks, uh, and um, you know the, the one thing uh, I, I think is another great uh, you know current book that uh, uh, that I'm reading that, that I think a lot of people would get a lot out of. Uh, and then of course I know everybody's heard of uh, Rich Dad, uh, and I can tell you that that was uh, that was the thing that that got me motivated or inspired um, to break out of corporate America. And I think you know probably both of you can <laughs> probably had the same same experience, but. I think it's just uh, you know that, that was just another uh, book that was just another way that I was able to uh, you know get inspired, but
0: it wasn't wasn't necessarily real estate related. But those those would be the, the three uh, you know books that I would I would recommend. I like it, the trifecta. And honestly, I haven't read that Tyler Hicks book, so I'm definitely going to pick that up.
1: And I haven't read the one thing, so I'm going to. And
0: I know Jimmy's read it already, so I got to I got to read it. See that is that scary that Frank stocks my Goodreads list. <laughs> 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 that's awesome. So Craig, we, we appreciate you having, having you on and uh, appreciate all the knowledge you were able to drop. And, uh, thanks. Okay. Very welcome. Thanks for
2: having me. Uh, hopefully, uh, all of you out there listening can, uh, can benefit from at least one thing that, uh, that we discussed uh, tonight and I wish all of you a lot of success in getting out of the
0: corporate rat race. Okay. Awesome. We hope that you enjoyed the Cashflow Kings podcast. In the meantime, in between podcasts, if you'd like, check out our website, www.cashflowkings.com, or feel free to give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook under The Cashflow Kings. Here's to your success.
1: The Cashflow Kings program is for basic entertainment purposes only. We do not give official legal, tax, or investment advice. Each person should consult their own advisors prior to making any financial decisions.